Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 10.15 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Best of all, God is with us. And now I'd like to welcome Justin Klein to come up to deliver our message. I have to say that ever since I found out last Sunday that Justin would be speaking today, I have been looking forward to it all week. So <laughs> oh, thank boy. you, Justin, you know, yikes. For, for being willing to, uh, to share with us sure. this morning. Well, thanks for that lead up. I have a lot to live up to now, I guess. Good morning. My name is Justin Klein. I'm a member here at Hilltop. Uh, It really is a blessing to be here with you and to have this opportunity to share a message. Um, I don't take it lightly at all. Uh, If you're here with us for the very first time, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, I hope that you feel the grace of God here with us this morning. We've spent the past several weeks going over Jesus' teachings, and we've had some really great special guest preachers, our very own Katie Benny, and of course uh, our bishop, Lynette Plamblick, and they gave some wonderful sermons. And now you're stuck with me, just a lay person, but we're going we're gonna to do, do our best here. All kidding aside, we've been covering the Sermon on the Mount, and this has been to look at Jesus' worldview. This is um, his own view on what life should look like and how he would like us to live. Now, you can look at these, read these as kind of like rules or instructions, but uh, these in reality are far more difficult and important than that. These are really matters of the heart. This is Jesus calling us to deal with life's most difficult situations in the most grace-filled way possible. Uh, The scripture I'm preaching on today is Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 48. Let's go over it now. It's also known as the law of retaliation, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Holy Scripture. Now, I like to give that a moment to sink in. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. A lot of verses, potentially a lot of questions for a lot of people. I know when I first read it, what I thought was like, are you kidding me? What, 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 Jesus, what are you even saying here? What is happening? 
Like literally, if somebody comes and steals something from me, I'm supposed to give them some more, something extra? Like, what, what is going on? How am I supposed to process this? I was raised, if you mess with me, if you mess with my family, you better expect to get some kind of revenge. Revenge and then some. Yeah, listen. <laughs> revenge and then some, yeah. Well, wrong. Wrong. As it turns out, Jesus is not kidding about this. As it turns out, Jesus expects us to take his teachings seriously and challenges us to look at them in a new way. I know I definitely started to understand them differently while I was preparing for this. Some of of you here know that uh, in my life, previous to becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, I have struggled a great deal uh, with much of the text that we've been covering. And perhaps that's why I've been called to, to, to do this, to stand in front of you today. I'd like to share with you a bit of that story, a bit of my story. You see, long before meeting my wife and becoming a father of Jesus, and yes, she uh, does take some credit for my journey as a Christian, uh, but long before that, all the way back to my childhood, I was in a broken relationship. Not by choice, I was born into a failed relationship. My mother and father were never married, and my father, in my recollection, was mostly not around. He uh, became what he refers to as a weekend warrior. So um, all week I'd be with my mother, and on the weekends I would see my father most of the time. And when I did, he hurt me repeatedly. And uh, I don't really want to get into the details of that hurt, but it is true. He hurt my mother and he hurt me and he did it for a long time. But growing up as an only child with my mother, it, it really uh, was pretty, pretty fun, actually. I got to become the man of the house, as they say, at a very early age. At about nine years old, I got my own key to the place, and I started to become expected to potentially try to fix things that were broken, and then I moved on to much more important tasks, such as uh, getting more suntan oil, when my mom was laying out in the summertime or filling drinks at my uncle's parties. It was the 80s, it was a different time. But really it was, uh, it, was very, it was very good. I felt most of the time that I had a sense of purpose and I felt a lot of love from my mother and the extended family. Please don't touch that, Sophia. But with my father, it was a very different story. When I was with him, it was a very different story. I recall basically being in fear of him for most of my childhood. I recall actually being mute most of the time with him, just out of fear of what would happen if I had something to say. I remember this is all part of the the period where I still definitely wasn't living as a Christian. I started retaliating. I recall being kind of afraid of him, and when I knew he was coming on the weekend, I would run away. I would run out of my house, I'd go into the backyard, and I'd run blocks down just through backyards, climbing fences, staying in the backyard. I was, I was afraid that even if I was just walking down the street and he saw me, didn't know what would happen, I'd maybe have to go with him. And I'd go to a friend's house, and I would lie to them. I'd lie to my friend, and I would lie to their parents, and I'd say, yeah, it's no problem. My mom knows where I am. Of course, she didn't. She was at work. 
And uh, it didn't last too long. Of course, my father would find her, and then she would track me down, and we'd be back at square one. But finally, when I was around 17 or so, I took a stand and I fought back. And somewhere in my early 20s, I said, enough is enough. I thought I had my own life, and I don't need him in it anymore. So I stopped all communication for about four years, still retaliating. And uh, we reconnected, and things went okay for a while. And then they started to fall apart, and again I said, no more. This time it went on for about 10 years. Zero communication with my father. So I met my wife and I started coming here and things started to change. And when I knew uh, I was getting married and when I knew we had a little beautiful baby Sophia on the way, I made the decision. I made the decision. In my mind, it was time to, to turn the other cheek. It was time to love my enemy, my father. So I prayed for him, and I put in the call, and I put in the hard and scary work of showing him grace. I invited him to our wedding. I talked to him with some regularity. I had some hard conversations. Specifically, I found during those conversations that we had both changed, really, in particular, with our relationship to Jesus. And when Sophia was born, we invited him and his wife over. We brought them right into our home and shared a meal with them weekly for quite a while. Things have changed a little bit, but they're still a work in progress. It's still okay. Be careful, honey pie. <laughs> Sophia, I love you more than so many things in this world. <laughs> but please don't mess around back there right now, please. You can stand up here with me. You see, since meeting my wife and attending here, I began to live out some of Jesus' teachings without even fully understanding them yet. Jesus was already changing our lives in an amazing way. When I was studying the text, preparing for this day, I realized something. It seems though Jesus is calling us to live our lives in what many might consider an outrageous way. An outrageous way, but what struck me the most is that final verse. Be perfect, therefore, as our heavenly Father is perfect. Now, I know what you might be thinking, and I think it too. Nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect, and you're right. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. This isn't a call to action. Jesus is saying to us, look deep inside yourself and recognize the true gift given to you at your creation. I'm going to quote William F. Brosen, the second from the Feasting on the Gospels that Pastor Mike gave me to study for this, who says, quote, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect means neither more nor less than to be who we already are in God's image. Who we already are in God's image. You see, we are all children of God here. We are all children of God, all of us. And Jesus is saying to us, We're children of God, even my father. But God is a father full of grace, full of love, 
who will never hurt us, who will never let us down. And Jesus is saying, he is your father too. There's a family resemblance here. There's a family resemblance. Be like him. Be like him. And just as many of us try to live up to our fathers here on earth, we too can strive, can work towards being perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. Now, even after all that, it's really easy to say to ourselves, but wait a second, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we even start? Like this perfect word's got me kind of stuck. I don't even know how I start trying to do this. Well, we are all Methodists here. I think you all know the answer to this question. I think you all do this particularly well. The answer is grace. Grace, bold, unrelenting grace. You see, grace is what allows us to see all the love that God has for us. And love is at the epicenter of change. Love has the power to change everything. Love opens our eyes and our hearts and changes our minds. How many of you have been in love? Show of hands. How many of you have been in love? Uh-huh, that's what I was hoping to see, basically everyone. How many of you have been in love with something uh, that maybe they shouldn't have or a person they maybe should not have? I definitely have been there, right? So we know, we've experienced it firsthand. That love gets in there, changes everything. We start to make outrageous decisions. So let's be bold. Let's be outrageous. Let's be like our Heavenly Father with our grace. We can do that together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time this morning with all of your children right here in this sanctuary and all of those watching us from afar. Please help us all to grow closer to your son, Jesus, today. Give us all the strength to carry out his difficult teachings here on earth. Help us to understand and pass on your love as the living hands and feet of Christ to our enemies. To the young man who brought a gun to West High School not long ago, to the people who have committed over 200 mass shootings in the United States this year, and especially to those considering committing a shooting of any kind as their way out of a painful situation. I know, Lord, that these things are just a few of the hard, difficult things that are happening here on earth. But I just ask if you please shower us in your love and help us to see that through you, with the help of your son Jesus, all things are possible. Amen. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at MankatoHilltop.org.